This is the World War II Radio Podcast. A date which will live in infamy. This is London. We shall fight in the hills. We shall never surrender. Go ahead, Berlin. This is the National Broadcasting Company. Welcome to the World War II Radio Podcast. Today we have the nightly news update from the Mutual Broadcasting System. As it aired on July 1st, 1943, it features updates on the war in Europe and the Pacific, as well as from the home front. For those of you not familiar with Mutual, the long-lived radio network was founded in 1934 and at one time had more affiliates than any other radio network. Despite that, it's barely remembered today. And that's probably due to the fact that it was the only one of the quote-unquote big four radio networks to not expand into television. It's worth noting, though, that Mutual did continue to exist as a radio network through a series of owners until 1999. The World War II Radio Podcast is a Brick Pickle Media production. If you like the show, please leave feedback on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. Be sure to visit our website at brickpicklemedia.com slash podcast, where you can find links to past episodes and other information. You can also find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash ww2radio, where we share our episodes and other interesting information about the war. Thanks for listening, and we hope you enjoy today's episode of the World War II Radio Podcast. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. This is important. Listen, save your precious woolen. Protect them from moth damage. Use Larvex, the amazing professional moth-proofing method now available for home use. One spraying protects for a whole year. There's no odor, no wrapping, no throwing away. Larvex, L-A-R-V-E-X. Time for Frank Singheiser, substituting for Gabriel Heater with his up-to-the-minute news of the world, brought to you by Forehand. F-O-R-H-A-N-S, Forehand Toothpaste. Friends, here's something to think about. Gingivitis is a mild gum inflammation which four out of five people now listening in may have. If neglected, it may lead to pyorrhea, to its shrinking gums and its loosened teeth, which only your dentist can help. So see your dentist at once. Then at home, help to guard against gingivitis by massaging your gums and brushing your teeth twice daily with famous forehand toothpaste. Friends, forehands is a wonderful cleaner as well. Even dull, dingy teeth go with their natural bright luster. Start using forehand toothpaste tonight. And now, here is Frank Singheiser. Good evening. Here's the latest official picture of the present Southwest Pacific Offensive under the command of General Douglas MacArthur. On New Georgia Island, United States troops have captured the Biru Harbor. This good harbor is about 30 miles southeast of the Japanese air base at Munda on the same island. Biru Harbor is important because it offers the only place along that entire section of the New Georgia coast where ships can anchor. 
On Rendova Island, United States forces are now firmly entrenched following a terrific air battle against 110 Japanese planes. The Navy reveals that the Japanese aerial squadrons hurled torpedo bombs and other types of missiles on the landing forces. 17 American planes and one transport ship were lost. The transport damaged by Japanese bombs subsequently was sunk by a Japanese submarine. But all our men had been removed from the transport before it sank. And 65 of the 110 attacking Japanese planes were shot down. On New Guinea Island in the Nassau Bay area, American forces have consolidated their beachhead positions and now are driving inland, presumably in the direction of the Japanese base at Salamala. On Trebria and Woodlark Islands off the New Guinea coast, there's been no news concerning those islands since the first and only announcement that American forces had landed there without opposition. What appear to be the immediate objectives of the American drive? First, the Munda Air Base on New Georgia Island. Secondly, the Japanese base at Rabaul, New Britain. Third, the enemy positions at Salamawa, New Guinea. But there's another objective which may have been in the minds of the Allied commanders who planned the attack in their conferences in Washington several weeks ago. One of the purposes of the drive may be to smoke out the Japanese fleet, which is based at Truk, about 1,000 miles north of Rabaul. If the enemy fleet can be drawn out to battle, it may be possible to bring all the islands in that area under American control much quicker than anticipated. The Japs have given no sign of whether they intend to send their fleet into action. It is possible that they may wait until their base at Rabaul is either under actual attack or about to be attacked. Japan couldn't quite make up its mind today whether to call the American offensive in the Pacific a large-scale important move or a small, meaningless push. The Tokyo radio discussing the offensive said, and I quote, the fighting for the thorough annihilation of the enemies of America and Britain is from now on. But the official Japanese news agency referred to the Allied landings as typical United States guerrilla operations, which to say the least is hardly the same thing. The German and Italian radios, of course, spoke of nothing but the expected coming Allied invasion of Europe. One Nazi military commentator took the invasion for granted when he argued that the Germans would have the advantage because they would be fighting on their own ground. And here at home, an informed Washington source warned that the Axis may attempt to bomb some American cities this summer. He thinks that the Axis doesn't expect to cause much damage, but that it probably hopes to start a public uproar here to bring some American air strength back home from the battle area. Two weeks ago, the Hungarian newspaper Pester Lloyd said that the Yugoslav guerrilla forces of General Drakar Mihailovic had been destroyed or were in flight and dissolution. Ordinarily, no attention would have been paid to such a statement from a newspaper published in an Axis-dominated country. But that particular newspaper, Pester Lloyd, has built up a reputation for accurate reporting, which has continued during the war. Tonight, however, I'm able to tell you that the forces of General Mihailovic not only haven't been destroyed, they actually are on the offensive. Yugoslav sources in London reveal that the Yugoslav guerrillas have annihilated half of the crack Prince Eugen division of the German elite guard. The guerrillas have driven back the Nazi forces in the area between Bosnia and Montenegro. A considerable part of the forces of General Mihailovic are now concentrated in southeastern Yugoslavia. That is important because at that point, the guerrillas would be able to make quick contact with any Allied invasion army in Greece. 
and a light attack through Greece must still be considered a strong possibility. The Salonika area has been raided by our forces several times recently. It was from Salonika in September of 1918 that the Allies launched the offensive which brought about the downfall of Central Europe. And if history repeats itself, the Allies can well use the assistance of the Yugoslav guerrillas, who have shown themselves to be courageous fighters, particularly adept at disposing of Nazis. I'll have more information for you right after a word of information from Marshal Baines. You know, friends, <clears throat> a word about personal fitness belongs in our report of a nation at war. Now, that includes healthy teeth. Healthy teeth, good-looking teeth, require firm gums. Now, tender, bleeding gums may mean gingivitis, which attacks men, women, and children as well. So, see your dentist. Have him see your gums four times every year. And then at home, to help your gums be firmer, try forehand toothpaste with massage. Put some forehands on your fingertips, massage it onto your gums. Make it a twice-daily habit. Do it every time you brush your teeth. Remember, friends, healthy teeth, good-looking teeth, require firm gums. To help bring out the natural sparkle in your teeth, use forehand toothpaste. And now, back to Frank Singheiser. It looks as though the French High Commissioner on the island of Martinique, Admiral Georges Robert, has finally seen the light. Secretary of State Cordell Hull confirmed today that a message has been received by the United States Navy from Martinique authorities. Admiral Robert has served by appointment from the Vichy government in France. He has defied the Allies in refusing to align Martinique against the Axis, even though that island in the Caribbean is virtually in the backyard of the United States. Some persons have felt for a long time that Washington was making a mistake in handling Robert with kid gloves. Shipments of food to the island were discontinued, and the American Navy has kept a close watch to see that Martinique was not used as a refueling base for Axis submarines. But many Americans felt that we should have moved in on the island, deposed Admiral Robert, and set up our own military and civil commander there. On last April 30th, the United States broke relations with Martinique, referred openly to Robert as a representative of Axis-dominated Vichy, and said that the American Navy hereafter would deal with developments there. Well, here's some developments to look for in the near future. It is reasonable to assume that an American envoy and a representative of the French Committee in Algiers soon will be sent to Martinique. If they are, you can look for Admiral Robert to be ousted as High Commissioner by one method or another. As a matter of fact, it would not be a bit surprising to learn that Robert already has given up his post or is about to do so. From time to time, you and I have heard rumors that there no longer is any big demand for the production of war materials. We've heard, for instance, that the Army has all the guns and tanks that it needs, that the nation's war machine is already oversupplied. Well, the Research Institute of America has just completed a special study designed specifically to answer the question of how long war production will continue. The Research Institute is a private business organization. In making the study, it obtained the cooperation of the military officials' response. But the demand for many other war weapons, such as tanks and anti-aircraft guns, will continue. In some cases, the call for war materials will be even more demanding than it is now. The Institute concludes that the shape of our production program will change, but that its size will remain as gigantic as at present for at least 12 months. And it adds that the demand for other materials not strictly classified as military will continue high even after the war is over. 
if you think that the gasoline and oil situation is due to improve in the near future. Listen to what Harold Ickes has to say about it. Speaking in his capacity as petroleum administrator, Mr. Ickes said today that civilians in the East will get no additional supplies of oil, even though the Illinois to New York leg of the pipeline from Texas is virtually completed. More than that, he declared that it soon may be necessary to place tighter restrictions on the use of oil and gasoline in the Midwest and on the Pacific Coast. A Detroit restaurant owner, who has been a nobody all his life, was scheduled to die on the gallows at the Milan prison in Michigan early tomorrow morning. But President Roosevelt this evening commuted the sentence of that man, Max Steffen, to life imprisonment. And so Steffen finally won out in his desperate fight to save himself from death. His case had been before the United States Supreme Court four times, before Detroit Federal Judge Arthur Tuttle three times, and before the Federal Circuit Court of Appeals twice. Although he received two stays of execution before tonight's action by the president, the review which Stephan asked of the higher courts was never granted. Little did Max Stephan know one morning in mid-April of last year that an event was taking place at an Ontario-Canada prison camp that would take away his own liberty for life. That event was the escape from Canadian custody of a captured German flyer, Hans Peter Krug. The fugitive crossed the border into the United States and found refuge in Detroit with the restaurant owner, Max Steffen. Now, Steffen had been born in Germany. He once was in the German army. And although he had become an American citizen, he made the fatal decision to assist the Nazi pilot. He gave him money and assistance that he hoped would enable Krug to flee southward across the United States across the border into Mexico. But the Federal Bureau of Investigation caught up with Hans Peter Krug in San Antonio, Texas. And it caught up with Max Steffen in the Detroit restaurant where he earned his living. To the great consternation of Steffen, the chief witness against him at his trial was the Nazi he had helped, Hans Peter Krug. On July 2nd, one year ago tomorrow, Max Steffen was convicted of treason against the United States, the highest crime in the nation. Jailers at the Federal Correctional Institution at Milan say that in the weeks after his conviction, Stephan boasted constantly that he never would be hanged. A victorious Germany, he told the jailers, will not leave me in jail. But victory moved farther and farther away from Germany, and freedom moved farther and farther away from Max Stephan. Tonight, his life has been spared by the president. I wonder how Stefan thinks Hitler would have treated him if the situation had been reversed. Now here's Marshall Dane. Thank you, Frank Singheiser. Friends, one of the very best ways to help you to guard against gingivitis and to help your teeth to be always naturally bright is to massage your gums and clean your teeth with famous forehand toothpaste. Now, friends, since forehand toothpaste costs, no more than ordinary toothpaste. Why not use forehand? Start using forehand tonight. Forehand toothpaste is sold at all drugs, departments, and 10 cent stores. It's spelled F O R H A N S. It's pronounced forehand. And friends, don't forget, take an old tube along when you buy your new tube of famous. Forehand toothpaste. And remember this when you go to your drugstore, any tube will do for the plating. It's forehand. This is mutual. <laughs>